Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful edition of Only a Fool Would Say That, the podcast. I am your magnificent host, Chris Granholm. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for last week. Uh, there was no program last week. And uh, yeah, it was a tough week, to be honest. Uh, I tried on multiple occasions to record something uh to honor the memory of Kobe Bryant and it did not work Um, so uh, last week no podcast Uh, however today this week podcast Uh, podcast uh, I hope you all uh, didn't uh, enjoy too much yesterday Uh, yesterday was uh, what they t- what they term the big game? What is dubbed the big game? Uh, Super Bowl. And as I understand it, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers um, to win their first Super Bowl. Uh, to win their first Super Bowl. Um, so congratulations to that team, to uh, Kansas City. Enjoy your championship, and as I read on several places on Twitter last night, all right, football's done. Go baseball, and we will be focusing. Well, we won't be focusing. Never focus too much on sports. The the sport we focus on the most here is soccer, and then followed by hockey. But we will not be following baseball too closely. Keep an eye on it. We'll uh, we'll check it on the stove to see if it hasn't boiled over. But that's about as far as we're gonna get. Um. But I wanted to talk to you today about the nature of competition, uh, seeing as yesterday uh, the Super Bowl happened, and you know I want to dispel this uh, this notion of participation trophies Uh, I don't know anybody I think most people are competitive in one in one aspect or another Uh, and you know you want to win if you're competitive you want to win you want to take it to the whole Shaquille Uh, or to quote uh, the great Bill Walton, throw it down, young man. Throw it down. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, everybody wants to win. And nobody, I think a participation trophy, see, they, it, it's funny because if you go online and you hear people talk, they blame the young people for participation trophies. Uh... Personally, I remember participation trophies starting to be a thing when I was still in school, which means, and none of us asked for it, it was basically uh, my parents' generation, you uh, baby boomers, hashtag okay boomer, uh, it was you baby boomers that started giving us out participation trophies. You all were the ones that were afraid to hurt our feelings. 
So I don't want this thing, you know, that oh, young people are the reason we have participation trophies. No, 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 no. Participations, particip- uh, that is the greatness of not editing your podcast before you uh, before you uh, broadcast. Participation trophies didn't become a thing until you all made it a thing. So, congratulations, boomers! Just one way that it's it's like boomers. It's like boomers who complain about the environment. You know, oh god, why is the environment a thing now? Uh, because you all made it a thing. Our participation trophy is a thing now. Because you made it a thing. So congratulations, boomers. Just another thing that you made a thing that you complain about. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to do that. Um, and yeah, competition's good. You know, uh, I don't know anybody that you know doesn't get fired up for a competition. Um, you know, uh, most people who don't it's because they don't care one iota or the other. It's not because they don't have a... But they do have a drive in a, comp- a competitive drive in them. You just have to find the right thing. If somebody doesn't get, you know, up for sports, well, you know, they don't get up for sports. They don't care one way or the other if they win or lose. But you can find that one thing that they are competitive about, that they do want to succeed and that they do want to win. You'll find it. And I think that's one of the goals of being an educator, isn't it? To find that, to find that spark in in children, to where they'll go f- just from being apathetic, um, not choice uh, disinterest. Oh, excuse me. Um, to, that they'll go from from that. To, to actually showing interest in something, to actually being excited about a topic or a, um, or, you know, just something, you know, it's like when you spark the, the joy of reading in someone, it's like when you find that, uh, when you find that one thing that, boom, just, you know, makes them love opening books, you know, and, you know, I, I'm not an educator, and I love doing that. I did that for a friend of mine. Uh, uh, introduced her to books um, along the lines of topics and uh, and things that, that would interest her. And boom! Oh, my Lord. I mean, she she loves those books. And, you know, she... Uh, every now and then, she'll still ask me for a book recommendation. And uh, every now and then, she'll still reference those books that I mentioned to her because they just sparked such a love of reading in her, you know, she she devoured those books and I I ain't mad at having done that, I'm uh, actually proud so yeah, so to find that to find that spark in somebody whether it be at educative spark or a competitive spark if you tap in to a person and find that uh, uh, find that uh, 
trying to we're trying to come up with a a good uh, a good word here. Not not that not that. If you just tap into somebody and find that spark that's waiting. That that uh, yeah, well that spark. If you ignite that spark, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. If you ignite that spark, it's um, oh what a cluster right here. And this leads me to my next topic. What, what is wrong with people? There's, there's a sign a half a mile back that says, right two lanes closed ahead. So I'm sitting here a half a mile up uh, at a light where just after the light, the well, they closed off the far right lane and the middle lane is closed right after the light. What do I see before the light? A line of cars queued up from the middle lane waiting to get over into the left lane. Come on, people. It's at a half mile back. It's... Do... And granted, it's very early in the morning. And when it's very early in the morning, I know some people are just on autopilot. I've done that before. I've done that in the afternoon, sometimes driving home where I'll just be so zonked out from work that before I get behind the wheel of my car and I start it up and the next thing I know I'm at home I did I run any reds? Did I run over any pedestrians? I mean what happened on the way home? I couldn't tell you. I was completely zoned out. So I kind of get it, all right? It's uh, oh dark 30, and some people are just on autopilot right now. They're like, what, the lane's closed? I get it, but for the most part, pay attention, people, you know? It said the right two lanes closed ahead. I was in the middle lane. I got over to the left lane. It's not, it's not rocket science, people. I'm sure that a lot of you see drivers around you and go, my lord, they'll give anybody a license in this state. And that's how I feel a lot of in this state. The state of confusion. Alright, we're out of the bottleneck. We're opened up. We're on a green flag again. You know somebody who treated driving like racing. It's like you gotta, you've got to jockey for position. You gotta go as fast as you possibly can. Well, within the legal limits. And it's just like, um, okay, maybe if you're late to work. And that's another thing. Oh, excuse me, pardon me. And that's another thing. I understand, you know, not a lot of us, even those of us with good work ethics, um, we don't want to. We don't want to be at work. There's uh, dozens of other things that we'd rather be doing rather than going to work, especially at O Dark Thirty. 
Uh, I get it. But why wait until the last possible minute to leave for work and then you're racing to get there on time? You're racing to get somewhere you really don't even want to be. You know how inane that is? You know how dumb that is? It's like, I, I am so interested in getting there that I'm going to leave to the very very last possible minute but then I have to race and drive like a maniac to get there. Not, that's not very not very uh, not very as smart. Now I could see somebody racing home. That makes sense to me. It's like that. I actually want to be at home. And I actually... I'd like to say that I drive a little more recklessly. Let me let me let me try that again. Let me that that sentence got away from me. I drive a little more reckless on my way home because that's somewhere where I actually want to be. That's somewhere that I want to get to very quickly, especially from work. So, yeah. But I, I know too many people that they'll race to work because they don't have much time to get there. But then they'll languidly drive home. Because they have all the time in the world. And it's like, do you, do, do you have all the time in the world? Do you really want to be sitting behind, in, behind the wheel of your vehicle? longer than you have to just because you got the time yeah um and I know I've covered this before on a podcast that, about the um, the ills of suburbanization but I, I'm uh I'm serious if we even at my longest my uh my commute has never been more than an hour that is very short compared to what some people have. I know some people in California whose commute is an hour and a half. I've read about people in Houston and Atlanta who have two to three hour commutes. Um, when my father worked in New York City and lived just outside the city, well, I won't say just outside the city, lived about an hour outside the city. I. I think uh, all in all, it took about an hour and a half, two hours for him to get home. If we, if we didn't mind living where we worked, uh, but there just seems to be this uh, this belief that we should separate home and work as much as possible when people spend more time work at work than they do at home but yet we should separate the two as, as much as possible and, and that makes no sense to me uh, what's worse is that in city, in city centers where jobs are um, 
housing is becoming very dear and that doesn't make sense to me either it's, why price out uh, people from where they can live and work uh, however uh, some people who do work in those areas are the only ones that can afford to live there so there's that I guess um, but yes ills of suburbanization I know I've covered it before I'm a big believer in the ills of suburbanization um, but that is all I'm going to say about it right now but I thank you all for joining me on this uh, uh, auditory journey I've reached my destination that means that we've reached the end of the podcast uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to rant at me, uh, you can email me. Only a fool would say that podcast at gmail.com. Only a fool would say that podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I will, I am Chris Grant. I'm your host. I will see you next week. You guys have a great week. Be good to each other.